0: Hey, welcome to TJ Talks. This is episode four, and we're talking about jobs, careers, that sort of thing. So sit back and relax. Here we go. Welcome to TJ
1: Talks.
0: Today on the show, it's all about jobs. Jobs,
1: jobs, jobs. Work.
0: Well, I'm your host, Judd. And with me is your other host, Teresa. Hey,
1: hello, Judd. <laughs> How
0: are you doing?
1: You know, I just got off work not too long ago, so I'm not. I mean, I guess I'm doing great, but um, I would be better if I worked normal.
0: Work? It's funny. It's. I mean, that that's the whole thing, right? Is it? It. Have you you've heard that before? It's not work if you love your job.
1: I've heard that. I've never lived that.
0: You haven't lived that. I Me mean,
1: You know, I don't
0: know if I've lived that or not. Do you ever look back and you go, oh, that wasn't really that big of a deal. But then when you uh, were doing it, it really sucked.
1: Yes, I do that all the time. I think back to crappier jobs I've had than the job that I have right now uh-huh. and think, oh, it was so great working there and those people were so fun and blah, blah, blah. And Of course, I remember, you know, I don't remember the parts where what I wanted to leave that job or was unfortunately asked to leave that job, um, that I hated everything and everyone about it. It's just, it's that total, you're never happy with what you have, you know, hindsight you know, stuff that you get. Yes.
0: Absolutely. I, I mean, I can remember, I'll tell you one of the easiest things in my whole time in the Navy was boot camp because they just told you exactly what to do, where to be, you know, you basically follow the rules, you get a paycheck. I mean, it was just perfect, except you had no freedom. <laughs>
1: Well, and when you're that age, that's what you need, right? You need somebody just telling, yelling at you to do mm-hmm. this, get in line, don't think, just do what I say, right? Yeah,
0: and, and you know, the funny thing, though, is people don't perceive that as a job, but it really was.
1: Of course it was, yes. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, I think it would be a great job. I wouldn't mind having that job right now where someone just told me what to do, and then I didn't have to do anything else all day. <laughs> didn't have to think, just, you know.
0: And, and they gave you a paycheck.
1: Right, and then they paid me and then put me up at a house somewhere and fed me and... You know, I wouldn't mind that. I know.
0: It's, Although
1: it's, it's, it almost sounds like prison. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe yeah, I don't want that. I don't yeah, know.
0: well, there is an element of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're not getting out very easily.
0: Yeah, they used to Friday, tell
1: us. It's not Friday, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: They used to tell us the barbed wire around the boot camp was put out to keep people from getting in, not from keeping you from getting out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we wouldn't want everybody just coming in and partaking of all these great perks that you have in the Navy, right?
0: Uh, right. I, trust me, believe me, that barbed wire in any direction is a deterrent for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, generally, that's a little bit of a a built-in keeper-outer.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm kind of talking jobs here from this perspective, but what was your first job that you can remember that you had, that you would call a, a job?
1: Yeah, well... As a small child and young teenager, of course, I babysat quite a bit for neighbors and friends of my family. So I did that and didn't realize at the point at that time that I didn't really like children. So I did a good job being a babysitter. <laughs> I've just grown to not like children, I guess. Uh, I kid, of course. And uh, then I had this amazing, scary, weird job of being a helium-filled balloon salesman at the Chino auction, and I had to dress as a clown to mm-hmm. sell these balloons at the Chino auction. I don't remember if you remember that swap meet down here in Chino, and there's also one in Colton. So on Saturdays, we would drive out to Colton and sell balloons dressed as clowns in full makeup,
0: wow. and
1: Sundays we'd drive to Chino, and you had to get there very early, like you had to be set up by 6 a.m. Really? And and standing on the concrete in Chino and Colton, from six till one, essentially, it, during the summer, uh-huh. in full clown makeup, you can imagine how yucky Hot. that felt oh, and yeah. was. Didn't at the so Chino that that what? was a good job.
0: At the Chino place, didn't they auction off uh, livestock there?
1: Yeah, they did. They had everything, and yeah. and you could be able to get sunglasses and music and. Uh-huh. They had a farmer's market and all this and that, and it was very popular and fairly trendy to shop at both of those places, and you could get good bargains on stuff. I, I remember
0: going with my grandfather, and he said, if you raise your hand, I will kill you.
1: Because <laughs> you ended up buying a cow or something, yeah,
0: right? Yeah, because yeah, we went in to watch the auction. And it was like, yeah, here comes the goats and uh, yeah. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Well, and then when you're standing there selling balloons, of course, you're trying to appeal to children. Uh So kids are coming up to you, they want your balloon, and then their parents, who are evil, that don't want them to have the balloon, say no. And then there's fighting and screaming and children yelling. So maybe that's when I adopted my I'm not super fond of children attitude. I'm not sure, but (laughs) because I knew right then and there the kids are trouble, they don't get what they want.
0: It, it, and I th- when I think of balloon people, I think of at Disney, they got these uh, folks dressed up with the, like, I don't know what you call them, knickers, the little knee-high. Uh, yeah, they
1: were a normal costume. They don't have to wear face makeup. They just yeah. wear, yeah, they're yeah. street vendors at Disneyland. Yeah. And yeah. there was something to aspire there to, you know, as my lowly clown self would have thought, wow, a dream job at Disneyland holding oh, balloons man. would have been amazing. I know. But, alas, I was stuck in Chino holding balloons, <laughs> so. Man. Well, and I didn't learn any good balloon art or anything like that. I didn't do anything fun. I just stood there. So, But it was fine. It was great because you got to eat the junk food that was there at the auction, the hot pretzels and the churros and all that fun stuff. Course. So as a teenager, it wasn't a bad gig. Mm-hmm. What about you? What was your first job?
0: Well, my first job ever was delivering the Daily Report. That's
1: right. Okay. And, and
0: I say that that was my first job because – from a jobs perspective, going one time doesn't count. You know, you have to have something that has consistency that you do yeah. over and over again to raise uh, reasonable money. That's what I consider a, a first job. Um, but I believe it or not, I, I worked when I was 13-ish, somewhere around that age, 14. I worked uh, at uh, an electronics store that sold computers in Upland. Okay. on Foothill. all right. Did that for uh, about a summer for three months to raise some money myself for a trip I took um let's see and then after that I did some computer programming in high school for a medical company so yeah,
1: you always had a computer background so you were geek squad before geek squad was cool
0: yeah I was always doing that geeky stuff right you know? yeah I don't
1: mean geek squad in a bad I'm not saying that as a negative connotation oh, oh, I'm saying I'm sorry. that has now become an industry in and of itself
0: uh, I'm sorry I did genius stuff I didn't do geek stuff
1: Geeks are okay, there you go. Exactly. Genius yes. stuff.
0: Because, you know, I, I've always been Mac. So, so always Mac. I've based. Always been Mac, Apple Mac based. So we're, that's the genius side. Geeks are the PC side. So it's I, always I made that
1: have a first job, right? Huh?
0: Yeah. Steve Jobs got me my first job. Well, my first computer gig. Um
1: <laughs> Yeah. See, that's good. You've always been that way. So you've been able to find work in that in that field. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, then I uh, escaped and joined the Navy at some point. So, yeah, definitely have had a number of jobs before I became an adult. And I think a a lot of people have. But do you think that's something that's normal these days? Do kids go get jobs? Or is it now a reverse trend where kids are not getting jobs in high school? Here's my,
1: once again, rose-colored recollection is that in high school, we all wanted to work. And we wanted a job so we could have some spending cash and get some you know gas or or pay for insurance for our cars, and we wanted to have some money mm-hmm. and we would do that at most likely at the expense of school because it's hard to work and go to school at the same time
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I feel like now the people I know with older children in you know teenage years. That the impetus to get a job while going to school isn't there, a because their parents are funding their fun and and understand that they don't want them to get jobs they want them to do very well in school, so I think that's just a little bit of difference in generations now that you know so much is dependent on getting great good good grades in high school to get to that college and so if you have a student who's maybe not going to go directly into a four year college. You want them after high school to at least go out and get a job. And it feels like some of the kids I know are a little more hesitant to do that. And I can't necessarily put a finger on it. They want to do the same things we wanted to do. They want to drive. They want to go out. They want to be with their friends. But they don't seem to think that they need to get a job to fund that. So that's a little difference in the generations, too. People don't seem as active to get work. This is my limited experience.
0: Yeah, you know, I I really believe that it's important, at least in the uh, summer, in the downtime, even if they don't work during school, mm-hmm. that, that kids in from at least 11th and 12th grade should get an opportunity to work in some fashion or another. Whether right. Whether it's being an intern and working for a very a little bit amount of money or, or you know whatever. I mean, heck, minimum wage when we were going to school, do you remember how much that was? Wasn't it 285? 3- 385. 385. 385.
1: Okay, yeah. I remember something like that because my first regular job was at Burger King. Oh wait,
0: no, I'm wrong. 335.
1: 335. Right. Okay. Barely over $3 an hour. Yes. Yes. Can you
0: imagine that? 20 years ago, that's what minimum wage was. Right. And it had been that way for a long time. And what is it now? Like eight dollars an hour?
1: It's eight dollars an hour, but it's only recently gone up to eight. It was seven twenty-five for the longest time. Yeah. And when you amortize that over the last twenty-five plus-ish years, that doesn't seem like that much from where we were at three thirty-five. But yes, I yeah.
0: Yeah, but it's more than double.
1: It's more than doubled, but don't you think the rest of inflation and life and expenses has more than more than doubled?
0: No, I don't. F- I mean, you think about what the average salary wage is for um for a, a worker these days and what you should be bring what I mean, what do you need to bring home to live?
1: Well, I think that depends geographically where you're living, you know.
0: Yeah, that that's and It for makes sure. a
1: big difference, you know. So, and the standard of living varies greatly, mm-hmm. which is why maybe because here in Southern California the standard of living or the cost of living, excuse me, is so high, that a minimum wage job is not sustainable for someone
0: Well, here's lives. The, here's the real question: Can you find a job? Can, can a unskilled labor person find a job that makes twenty plus dollars an hour in Southern
1: well, California? Well, I can speak for myself <laughs> say, as an unskilled labor person. <laughs> uh, no, no, so <laughs> no, no. Well, see, no, it's difficult. It's more difficult now. Well, and in general, the climate now is you can't find a job at all. So it doesn't matter if you're skilled, unskilled, master's degree, doctorate, whatever, people are not, people aren't hiring, people aren't working. There's no, there's no growth in that. that. I mean, you know, the job creators are being taxed too much, right? So there's no jobs, and that what's what we're being told?
0: Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, I've heard that. But you know, that, that great, is a great transition right there to talk about being unemployed, we're, mm-hmm. ta- we're talking about jobs, but, you know, have, have you gone through that process? And I know that you have, and and I have, believe it or not, uh, for a small amount of time, was unemployed. But it was real unemployment. It wasn't like I had just not, you know, was not working for two weeks and transitioned to some other job. I seriously said, here, I'm getting out of the Navy, done, and I'll take my right. chances. Okay. And so I was, you know, out there hustling, trying to get a so job. So when
1: you're... When yeah. your time in, of enlistment was over in the Navy, and you chose to, to leave, yeah. could you get unemployment at that point, or no? Were I you... did. I sure did. Oh, you did? Okay. Uh, so, even though that was your choice, that's nice. All right. Yeah.
0: When your contract ends, you get unemployment. Just, okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: So, um, so I was here in Florida, got my unemployment, and I kept applying for jobs, and it went about three months, and I was the money was starting to dry up, and I was going, like, hmm, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I was renting month to month, and I got lucky and got a job.
1: And is that the job you currently have, or no? The
0: same company, different okay. job. different, different job. job. So you yeah. got
1: in the gate there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, that was lucky, but, very lucky.
0: But, I mean, right now I know people who are unemployed, who never sure. expected to be unemployed as long as they are.
1: Yeah, 18 months' worth mm-hmm. of unemployment is not enough now for some people.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, the unemployment I was getting was not enough at that time.
1: Right. Well, yeah, the money is terrible, and then the length of time you can get it, I think, has been extended now to a full 18 months. It used to only be a year, but now I think you can get it for 18 months, and I know several people are that are still looking for work, and they're running out of their 18 months.
0: Well, I mean, there is a, this perception that it's a hand-me-out or something like that. but
1: Hell no, uh, you pay that money, right? That's
0: right. Unemployment is an yeah. insurance that you pay into. Yes, and exactly. The, it's a fund that you should get. You know, that's what they told me when I was getting out of the Navy. They said, you've been paying into this unemployment for the last 10 years, and you should get your fair share when you get out. Right. You know, it's not a handout.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not a handout. No, of course not. And and you definitely have to be looking for work while you're on it. They don't police that 100%, but there are requirements of how many jobs do you apply for and that sort oh, of thing. Yeah. So So there's some sort of qualification process. It's not just... Stand up and get your money, you know.
0: Yeah, no, it's not like you go on vacation for a long time. And yeah, no, it wasn't like that at all. I was, and I was actively hunting for a job. There was no,
1: sure. Well, I lost my job or was asked to leave my job in the December of 2009. And that was the month that all heck went happened and there were over 100,000 jobs lost in that December. I don't know if you remember that. I mean, literally, mm-hmm. we had Christmas, and everything was fine, and then the next week everybody got laid off, and including myself on New, Year- New Year's Eve day or the day before New Year's Eve, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, the first time I'd ever been fired from a job. Or laid off is the same off. as fired in my opinion, do you, right? Do you
0: do you really think so? I I, mean, like, I don't think so. What
1: else do you want to call it? And well, they didn't want to have me, and even if if financial circumstances had been different, I guess they would have kept me. But what difference does that make? I still don't have the job, and they asked oh, me to leave it. So he oh, no, no, being no, fired.
0: No, the difference is when you're fired, it's for cause, like you stole something or you did something wrong.
1: I guess you're right, and, but
0: and you aren't getting I feel a like recommendation. The,
1: they, were, they did have cause, right? Apparently, I wasn't doing enough because they were struggling. I don't know. So of course, I always take everything as my fault. So uh-huh. I. Was, I feel it that way. And when I got finally to the unemployment part of it, because, you know, you have your severance time
0: mm-hmm.
1: that you can't claim unemployment on, and, and there's things that you get cashed out for that the unemployment office won't pay you while you're getting, that sort of thing. So it took, I don't know, two, three weeks for me to get to the point where unemployment could, could be obtained. And then I was very fortunate to land in the job that I currently have now mm-hmm. within six weeks of all that chaos when people were just, you know, desperately searching for work, and I fell into this job that I currently have. Awesome. So I only got three or four weeks' worth of unemployment all total, and I even got some of it after I was already working again because of the way the time lag happens in the system. Mm-hmm. So it was weird to get a paycheck for my new company and my last unemployment check, but you know I gladly cashed them all.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that was a really interesting time frame, and it was one of those door closed and the window opened to this new job. Mm-hmm. But... I still feel like that I would have probably taken any job that would have been close to being something that I needed just to be working again. And I wonder, are people doing that now? Are people? We know people that have have you know great degrees that are doing jobs that are diff- definitely different than what they've studied to do. So,
0: I think though, I, I think the vast majority of degrees are just. Uh, especially when you get them at the young age that people do, they tend to just uh, get you a, some some sort of foundation. But they really are not going to be something you're going to go back and go, oh yeah, I learned all of this in school, right? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm you know I'm right. How many
1: people are actually doing something in the field that they endeavored in school? Right. Very. I'm sure the the fraction is small.
0: Uh, well, even if they did, you know the the industry that they're in evolves way faster and with technology and stuff beyond whatever you learned in school. Right. And so, yes, it's a foundation. It proves that you can complete something. That's what I've always heard is that they go for college, a person who completes college starts a project and completes it.
1: And that's mostly what they're getting credit for in the job field is having just stuck it out for those four years. Yeah. I, I, I mean, come on.
0: You go get a, a, a soft degree. I have a soft degree, a liberal arts degree. Right. But that's what they care about. They just care that you have a degree. They, yeah. They're not going, hmm, okay, so you have a degree in uh, technology. It's a liberal arts. Tell me more about that. So what were those classes that you took? What did you learn from that class? Really? Huh, yeah. How do you think you could apply that in the job that we're offering here today? No, I've never heard that. <laughs> Right. (laughs) You know. Oh, you know. I mean, I could see like you have a a degree in engineering. Okay. What'd you do? Oh, mechanical. Did you do anything interesting? Like, did you do an internship while you were in college? Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. And that would
1: be something that would apply to what you're doing now.
0: Yes. You know. They want to know what did you do. What was your accomplishments? Right. Not what classes did you take.
1: (laughs) And what about job interviews? Like, how many interviews? Have you had more than 10 interviews in your life? Or it sounds like you've had pretty narrow job experience in that you've been, you know, we're in the Navy and then you're a private sector, but you didn't really have to do much to get that private, you didn't have to interview very much to get that private sector job, right? Oh, I
0: did. Uh, oh, you did. Okay. I did. I interviewed for that job and then I, and I was lucky and I got that one, but I had interviewed for a number of other jobs in, in the stead. And then of course the job I have now, I applied, was interviewed for it over the course because the job openings for that department came up, like, four times. And Uh I I had been interviewed and turned down three times. The fourth time I interviewed, I got the job.
1: Wow, so good thing that you stuck with it, because ordinarily people would probably not interview four times for the same job.
0: Yeah, the, the guy told me, he said, he goes, I'm sick of seeing your face here. I just nice. figured I'd hire you. <laughs> I
1: wouldn't
0: have to go through this so you process just wore with you. just warm down, Judd. That's the
1: way to do it. That's the way. I, go I in there and just down. keep showing your face. I know.
0: So it, it worked. I mean, That's it, awesome. You, you do. I love it. You have to be, I love it. you know, perseverance. Uh, and then, of course, being that lucky to be in the right place, right time. I actually thought I was what I considered to be a palooka. Have you okay. heard, have you heard that term before?
1: I've heard of that term as being like a big, you know, brutish kind of thing. So what do you mean?
0: Well, I believe that there's these people that they go, you know, they're they're moderately qualified for something, but if you, okay, so you need to have these people who can show up for interviews for a company, so that way when HR goes and says, well, did you, you know, try to get other qualified candidates? Oh yeah, we tried to get uh, Judd here, but he just didn't, you know, he wasn't just not quite as good, didn't quite meet the Requirements compared to some other applicant that they really wanted.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. You
0: know, so you what you do is you get somebody who you know isn't going to be as competitive, but competitive enough. Okay. So that's what I, I considered myself. I thought I was a palooka, and they did a phone interview with me, and I thought, oh, this is a bullshit phone interview. They're just going to go through the motions because they have to fill out the paperwork for HR.
1: To fill, to have so many candidates yeah. interviewed for the position. Right, mm-hmm. right. And that right. was just
0: one. And then I went and I blew it away and thought it was great, and I got hired, and I was like, wow.
1: Well, that's good. I know for myself, I've interviewed, I've had a lot of uh, mediocre at best jobs, you know, between being young and going to school and high school and fast food and video store, and I worked. At a portrait studio, taking pictures of people, and I even worked as a microelectronic photo person in a dark room, eight hours a day, sales jobs, etc. So I had have, have been on heck a dozen, fifteen interviews, right, for uh-huh. these jobs that you get temporary jobs as a younger person. They're not long term careers, and I don't think I'd. Well, I know for sure I had never been on an interview that I didn't get the job. Wow. So when I was unemployed in two thousand and nine. And desperately searching for work, I probably went on half dozen interviews and didn't get five of those six jobs. And that's a huge blow to your ego. You're already down and out because you're not working, and everybody else in the world is. And then to not get picked is very hard. That's like being the last kid on the you know kickball team being picked or whatever. So oh, I was there I, all the time. <laughs> uh, so, But it's hard and I remember feeling the sting of not getting those jobs and coming out of the interview going, yeah, I did really well because I feel like in an interview I'm personable and I'm you know pleasant enough and can make conversation. I'm never shy so I never don't have anything to say which is probably what my problem was in the interview. I should probably have buttoned it a little bit and maybe I would have gotten five of those six other jobs. But I definitely remember thinking, damn, is there something wrong with my interview style? Am I just not doing that right? There's a whole art to that, too. And, and that could be a whole other podcast in and of itself.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Resumes absolutely. and job interviews and horror stories about both. So,
0: yeah, you're, you were talking about all these jobs. So what do you think is the difference between a career and a job?
1: I think a career has more to do with your passion for the work. Yes, your education is going to contribute to you having a career, most likely, but mm-hmm. I have a career in sales that doesn't matter because it doesn't matter what I'm selling. That that generic title can go, I could be selling widgets, I could be selling something else. It doesn't really matter.
0: So you would say it's breadth of experience within a thing that you're doing.
1: Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. That you have to do that. That line of work, it can be multifaceted, but it's that same line for it to be considered your career, mm-hmm. so, and, and the rest you, of it would just be a job. I, I, I even hate to say that I have a career in sales because I really have only had two real sales jobs, but, but I'm 40-some-odd years old, so I feel like I should say that I have a career. So I. <laughs> but,
0: but you know, I guess this is what I think when I think of a career versus a job. I think jobs tend to be dead-end. That they don't Uh have growth, they, you know, you will do this job until you retire. I think of a career as something where you will do a job for a certain amount of time and then you will transition from that to another one to another one because a career is filled with a number of, you know, varied experiences that continue to have uh, advancement and growth. Does that make be it sense for the, to you? Yeah,
1: no, I think you're exactly right, be it for the same company or within the same field.
0: You know, and then if you get stuck in a job that you hate, then you go, well, I don't have a career, I've got a dead-end job. I just have this
1: J-O-B, yes. Yep.
0: You know, and, you, and sometimes you go to your J-O-B and you go, well you know i love it and this is i don't feel it's a job i feel it's a career cuz i'm just i know i'm only here for you know to not so much to punch the ticket but i'm here to get these experiences and i'm going to get my growth and i'm going to help this organization and i'm going to transition and someone else will fill in behind me and then other times you feel like there's nothing out there i'm stuck there's, here forever
1: yes yes <laughs> and it's interesting to be in that position or the other or to have been in each position one time and realize ooh i liked it the other way better it's very interesting because mm-hmm. when you're stuck in the J-O-B, you all you want is out and I want to find something that I love and something that I'm passionate about. But then when you're in a career that you really do love and then the bottom falls out of it for whatever reason or that company lets you go, then you have that bottomless despair in your heart that this is what I love to do and now I can't do it anymore. I've always been fond of saying, and it's easy for me to say this, that you know my job really doesn't define who I am, and it's the whole. I, I live to uh, I, I work just to live, not live to work. Mm-hmm. So I think that's easy for me to say because I'm not doing something that I'm super passionate about. But I I think for you and for for JP and people that we know, like that's it means more to have that career, and that's something I think I'm still looking for. And I don't exactly know what I want to be when I grow up, and it's probably time to learn.
0: Well, talking about that, when you were a little kid, what did Uh you want to be when you grew up?
1: I wanted to work in the FBI, so I definitely wanted to be, um, I don't exactly know what I wanted to do, I wanted to be a travel agent at one point, Uh, I've always wanted to be a teacher, although now in real life I don't really want to do that, so I don't know, (laughs) but as a kid I was definitely up for that sort of thing, so it's funny how things change. What about you? What did you want to be?
0: What did I want to be when I grew up? You know, that's funny. I I don't remember all of the... I think I wanted to be a pilot at one point in time.
1: Right, I, right, astronaut, I, whatever. Yeah, yeah,
0: I don't think I really remember... Um, I, I know I didn't have an idea of this sub, being a submarine guy and being in the Navy. There was okay. a, it was not on the horizon. Right. Uh, I mean, I had this picture of me in a little sailor suit when I was like three years old. And I think you've seen that.
1: Yes, definitely. It, yeah,
0: and so it's funny that that you know that there was some foreshadowing going on there.
1: <laughs> but I think every boy has a picture in a sailor suit. I know my brother does yeah, too. Yeah,
0: so. yeah. I, I think it's <laughs> it,
1: standard boy fare. I think back in the day, you're
0: you're obligated. So. Yes.
1: Right. Right. Right.
0: So yeah, I um, I don't know. I I I don't think I really knew what I wanted to do. I know that it, later in life I always wanted to write. That was kind of a passion. To do that, and I thought oh, I'd like to write a novel. I'd like to do something like that. And right now, I'm kind of, I'm still struggling. I want to get that those words out, and I have the, the starts of these stories, but I need to finish. I, I need, I need Heidi and her whip
1: <laughs> to get you in shape to do get, to, get to get do the work, shirt. right? Yeah, that's it. But yeah. it's one of those things. Do you want to say you want to be a writer because there's a romantic notion to being a writer, and that's that's what you're looking for. As opposed to, you know, is, isn't this really going to be the job you get the gold watch from and retire at, or or not?
0: You know, I guess when I thought of jobs, I never really thought about money. Okay. When you're a kid, you don't think about the money. You think about not. what you want to do because you love it. Right. You know, what am I going to enjoy doing for the rest of my life? Yeah. You know, obviously somebody's it's- making money doing these crazy things. <laughs>
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, that's, I guess, the deal. We either need to find a job that we do love and can't wait to get to every Monday morning, or we need to pool with more of our coworkers and buy those lottery tickets, and then we don't have to work ever again. Uh,
0: we, were, we were doing that, and they stopped doing that at my work. What? Yeah, I know. What happened? Uh, they felt they weren't didn't win, so they didn't want to do it no more. Too much money. Well,
1: they, the lottery. They, that's another podcast we need to have sometime. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, that moves us into our, uh, well, there's. we got two more things to talk about. One is uh, second jobs. Did you ever have a situation where you were saving up for something and you thought, you know what, if I just had a second job, I could get that little bit of extra money to buy something like Christmas presents, I don't know, something of that nature?
1: Well, I had that wanting just to pay my mortgage a couple years ago. I decided <laughs> I should go back to work. Um, so, yeah, I got a job, and then I got a second job, and it was ill-fated, and it didn't last very long because it's too hard. It was too hard for me physically to work two jobs, have a family, and do all of that. So that was not a feasible two-job situation. hmm I don't know if now that wouldn't be a little bit different, or because my children were much younger then and definitely needed me more hands-on. Now they're a little bit older, and I.
0: Okay, and we were talking about dream jobs. So, what what did you ever think of, or still think of, as would be your dream job? That one thing. Or know, it doesn't have to be a job, it could be a career, it could be whatever it is that
1: this is my problem in life. I don't know what color my parachute is, or whatever that book is that's supposed to tell you what it is that you're supposed to be doing. Or I've never been in the Oprah audience and I don't know what my fulfillment overall in life is gonna be from. I really don't. I don't have I don't have any of that. So I guess I'm just gonna be a worker bee who's continually unhappy or or never fully satisfied. I wouldn't say unhappy, but never really living and working to my full potential.
0: Really? So maybe talk show host doesn't?
1: <laughs> oh, I guess. So you're talking dream, dream, dream. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah dream job. <laughs> I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, what's... I'm
1: thinking a dream job that I could actually do. Um, Let's yeah, see. Well, that could
0: be a dream. You could do that.
1: We're, you're right
0: now uh, part of your own show.
1: True. I could be the next Maury Povich, right? Um, You're not the father, and you're not the father, or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I guess something like, well, I don't know that I'd want to be a celebrity. I don't know. Gosh darn it. I'm the world's worst uh, person to answer this question, because there just just doesn't seem to be any job that would be that great. I think it'd be fun. Okay, this is going to sound terrible, and I'm going to be laughed at hysterically. Mm -hmm. I think it would be fun to Be a life coach, which I know isn't a real job to begin with, right? <laughs> okay, and it's total hoax and it's ridiculous, but maybe life coach is the wrong term for it like a motivational speaker or whatever. I, I don't want to be creepy like Tony Robbins, but I do like to encourage people to do things better. Mm-hmm. So, in coaching, in any endeavor has always been fun for me, so I don't and I definitely not shy about telling people what to do. So I think that I I can do those things in a positive way and can generally, whenever I've managed people or had to, you know, take control of a group or whatever of employees that I work with or for, I have I have a knack for that. Generally people will respond. Mm -hmm. Not always. And definitely I know there's people that think I'm full of bullshit. So that's I'm not trying to play myself up to be something more than I'm not, but I do think that if given the right circumstances, I can do that kind of stuff for people and I'm always reading self-help and and information about how to change that or how to be more this or whatever and I will definitely share all those tidbits of wisdom that I read and glean from other people with friends, family, and coworkers. So I think that life coach, even though it sounds like such a kooky job and maybe it's too Californian, I don't know. Is it? That that wouldn't be bad. That would be, I guess maybe that would be my dream job. Yeah. And that way, when I don't live my life to my full potential, at least I'm helping other people too.
0: (laughs) So you, so you're, what you're saying is you want to live vicariously through other people. Through
1: other people and not be responsible for my own happiness, right? Yeah.
0: Yes. Go. go I, I think you should spend the million dollars. Come on. Okay.
1: I'm, now. I'm replaying this last 30 seconds of podcast conversation in my brain, and I'm thinking I should have said something less embarrassing, like I want to be a stripper. You know, like, like being a stripper would be less embarrassing than being a life coach. I don't know. Wow. Um.
0: You know, it's funny because this comes at the end of the podcast, so it's like, do I replay that same thing?
1: <laughs> yeah, really, that was the last podcast. But yeah, so so that's me. What about you? What's your dream job? Would you uh, be?
0: Well, you know, I kind of alluded to it. Uh, this, uh, this uh, idea of using all these artistic, creative talents—that's where I want to succeed. I, I want to somehow be able to just create.
1: See, here's what I think maybe you're maybe you should be like a blogger or something. And I know that everybody and their brother's a blogger now, but you you have all this computer technology, you have this desire to write. Maybe something like that is the endeavor that you should be pursuing. You,
0: you know what kills it is Twitter and Facebook kills blogging.
1: What? Okay.
0: Because because people, you know, it's so conversational. I could write a blog post and no one will read it. I can write a tweet and at least maybe ten, pe- maybe twenty people read it, and two people respond to it. Right. So, so people
1: don't respond to the blog format because it's longer, it's more. If if,
0: I, if if I had boobs, I would have lots of people responding because <laughs> because a a, a a online acquaintance of mine who I correspond with posts pictures of her uh, boobs, not exposed boobs, but just uh-huh. in you know tight shirts and things like this. Yeah. And she'll get, like on Instagram, that's a great example. She'll post a picture on Instagram, and she'll have instantly, you know, 60 hearts. Right. And you're like, you know, I could post like the coolest picture ever, but nothing beats boobs. (laughs) Nothing
1: beats boobs. (laughs) True, everybody wants to see them. Uh, That's funny. And here again, you know, your artistic endeavor to be... A artist or a writer or whatever is still chumped by someone being a stripper, so
0: essentially <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is kind of strange
1: yeah no well all right so so you just need to write the great American novel mm-hmm. that you're sitting on in your brain, oh, and yeah. then that would be your that could fund the rest of your artistic experience
0: right that that would be it to have something of that nature so yeah right. it, it has to be. Something that other people pick up on and go, "Wow, this is like the next best thing to, you know, ever."
1: Yeah, you want to be the next Mark Twain?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, a Mark Twain type uh, person would be great. I, sure, I'm thinking short stories are the way to go. Uh, compilations of short stories. I, I almost think that the novel is uh,
1: the novel is dead. Is that no? Saying. The
0: novel's not never going to be dead, but it's it. I think though that there's a niche right now where. Uh, a compilation of short stories could definitely be a selling point for someone.
1: Well, why don't you just bound up and bind up all your tweets? That could be short 140-character story. my God.
0: (laughs) Uh, People have done stuff like that, too. It's crazy what what people are able to do. But, I mean, I guess a dream job. I mean, I always thought, this is what I thought. I was getting out of the Navy. I was going to come back to California and I was going to get a job working in Hollywood doing something Hollywood esque.
1: Entertainment. Yeah. Entertainment. Yes. You know, okay.
0: I, in some ways, I kind of think that I'd be a great comedy writer. That's what I think.
1: You know, okay, now that you mentioned that, that is a dream job because mm-hmm. I listen to almost primarily podcasts by comedians and things mm-hmm. like that. So I definitely have that influence and they always talk about the writers rooms and mm-hmm. how much fun that is and anytime you've ever seen a movie or a TV show about that creative process that just looks like a hoot and i'm sure it's not easy in fact i'm sure it's really really hard but that would be so great and so stimulating and and just it would be fun to be funny and get paid for it
0: but i mean i sit in my office with my coworker and i go you know what this would be the greatest saturday night live skit ever and then i have like this idea and i'm blah 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 blah, 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 blah you know <laughs> and i'm like oh this would be the funniest you know because it's just like exactly the kind of crap that they do
1: right right
0: and i'm like you know what i'm i'm wasting my talent here writing technical manuals i should be <laughs> i should be making people laugh
1: <laughs> that's right comedy is hard and you should be out here working it in some writer's room eating you know it's i used to work in the fringe of entertainment, one of the crazy jobs I had mm-hmm. was renting furniture to production offices, movie sets, etc. Mm-hmm. So lots of famous shows. We furnished almost every office at Paramount Studios. Every movie that came out during the mid '90s, uh, we had an office set in, mm-hmm. and every um, show at NBC, we had set dressing and, and office furniture everywhere. So I would go to those places all the time, and my office was in a studio, Raleigh Studios across the street from Paramount and you were surrounded by that energy and there is something to it. It is quite infectious to be in entertainment. It definitely is something that once you're in it, I could see you wouldn't want to get out of it. It's really fun. If you mm-hmm. make it, especially. If you struggle to be a PA for 20 years and that's no fun, you're somebody's schlub. But <laughs> if you actually get a great job or a writing credit or, gosh forbid, a producing cre- I mean, that'd be amazing. You'd never want to leave that. So yeah, that would be fun too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. idea. So yeah, there's definitely I think for us, good dream jobs out there. We just gotta, you know, snatch those up. But I'd like-
1: I like. We have left this conversation feeling a little bit better, and and having had kind of a rough couple weeks at work. Mm-hmm. This topic was really near and dear to my heart because thinking, okay, this is my job, and it's my job's changing, and it's not changing in ways that I can control. And do I like that? Do I not like that? And in as much as I'm glad to have a job because of what the economy is and the fact that I need to work. This job is definitely, you know, I ain't digging ditches and I'm not in a coal mine. So I really should just shut up and be very glad for the job that I have. (laughs) Uh, uh,
0: But have you heard that though? I mean, I've heard people say that, that you go, you know, you're, you're lucky that you have a job type of thing. And I am lucky that I have a job and I have a good job. Right. But, um, I, I I kind of wish that employers would realize, too, that they're lucky they have a good employee.
1: Right now, they only think... The employers are the ones telling us we're <laughs> lucky to have a job. The, so, yes. You know, I mean... They have the upper hand at this point, yeah.
0: Right. Success, though, is based upon a two-way street. Employees doing their the right thing and doing it well all the time. So exactly. That, so that you're successful. But, you know, and in, in turn, it's up to the employer to go out there and get new business and keep the, 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 the doors open. Right. So.
1: Right. You know, we, we yeah, live... It needs to be a two-way street, management and worker bee. Yeah. And when, when places get it right. You can tell. You can definitely tell.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, well, this has been a great podcast, I think, today. I've really enjoyed talking about jobs and careers and things of that nature.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. thank goodness that it was actually pleasant. I didn't know what to expect from this one. Uh, I thought it was going to be like work.
0: <laughs> it was going to be like work. No, no, <laughs> no. So, all right. Well, for TJ Talks, I am Judd.
1: And I'm Teresa.
0: And we will chat with you all later.
1: Talk to you later.
0: Like the coolest picture ever, but nothing beats boobs.